The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry McCarthy, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JerryMcCarthy74. On this week's show, our special VIP guests are members of the Cork Camogie Senior Panel and manager Matthew Toomey from the recent Cork Media Press and Supporters Evening at Castle Road. There, I got an in-depth preview from a host of Cork players and management ahead of Sunday's Glen Dimplex All-Ireland Senior Camogie Final Clash between Cork and Waterford at Croke Park. The Echoes' Rory Noonan was in Semple Stadium to witness the Cork LGFA Seniors All-Ireland Semi-Final exit at the hands of Dublin. Rory got reaction from both camps, including managers Mick Bowen and Shane Ronane. Resident Red FM Formula 1 expert Sarah McKenzie Foley joins me on the Big Red Bench to discuss all the latest Formula 1 off-track headlines and a review of the Belgian Grand Prix. That's all to come on this week's Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Ahead of this Sunday's Glen Dimplex All-Ireland Camogie Senior Final between Cork and Waterford at Croke Park, I attended the brilliantly organised Cork Camogie Senior Media, Press and Supporters Evening at Castle Road recently. On behalf of the Big Red Bench, I spoke to a host of the Rebel Senior Panel. So up next are my interviews with Saoirse McCarthy, Fiona Keating, Sarsha McCartan, Cleena Healy, Katrina and Pamela Mackey. But first, here's the Cork Senior Captain, Amy O'Connor. Okay, Amy O'Connor, on nights like this, I think it's a reminder when you see the huge number of schoolgirls and schoolboys looking for autographs, looking for photographs. There's a huge groundswell of support behind this Cork team. I mean, I know you knew you had a great support, but tonight's a good reminder of it, heading into an all earned final. That is it's brilliant. There's hundreds and hundreds of kids here, so it's brilliant to see, and it's probably improved dramatically since I started playing with Cork Senior Camogie team, so that's obviously very positive to see, and as you said, it's not only young girls, now it's young boys as well, so it's brilliant. Um, one of the things about the build-up to an All-Ireland final, and you know this very well, is that you've got to get your preparation right. Um, you couldn't have asked for better preparation from Cork's point of view on the pitch, beating Kenny first, reigning All-Ireland champions, then beating Galway. Can I put it to you, irrespective of the final score, the way you did it, you know, didn't kept your shape, stuck to the process all the way to the end in two very difficult, different types of games in terms of conditions, must give you a bit of confidence going to Crow Park. Yeah, definitely. You hit the nail on the head there. We stuck to the process no matter what happened on the days. And we had great adaptability on both days as well. And as you said, there were two very, very different types of games. You know, Galway went with the defensive approach. Kilkenny pushed up on us. So we kind of saw both sides. And both of them have been the best two teams in the country for the last two years. So, you know, it was good preparation for us, definitely. A um, lot of emotion after that Galway game. I mean, there really was. It was an outpouring. I think it was a big moment for the panel. Fair enough? Definitely a big moment, yeah. And I suppose a feeling of relief, essentially. You know, we've been knocking at that their door for a, a long time, too long, really. And uh, it was nice to get over the line, yeah. So definitely a, a release of emotions. All the players that spoke to tonight have used the same word, intensity, in training. You expected coming up to an All-Ireland. In all your time with Cork and everything you've achieved, have you ever known a stronger panel? No, definitely not. And, like, we, we've prided ourselves on that this year I suppose we've been trying to build that strong panel strong 15 strong 20 strong 25 strong 30 and there's there's competition to move into each stage of that which is brilliant so uh, yeah it gives you great confidence there looking over at the bench knowing who can come on and change the game for you so it's brilliant um, Sarsha McCartan also commented that she's got a, she had she felt straight away I have to up my game here because there's so much talent on that bench so many people that should be starting that aren't 
and I think that's the feeling around the whole team as well like everybody's had to step up this year yeah definitely and everyone's on edge because nobody's place is safe you know uh, on different days different people are taking off different people are not starting and you know there was girls the other day that are very unlucky not to start on our team and would probably start on every other team in the country so uh, you know no one's taking it for granted and it's very important that we all stay on our toes to try and get into that starting 15 in the next day um, you're injury free your form has been really good. I know you're blessed yourself. So am I. <laughs> Injury free, uh, your form has been really good. What I liked most about your performance, especially against Kilkenny and Galway, your anticipation, the ball is coming into the areas where you want it. The, you're, you're in the one-on-ones, you're getting a chance to get away from defenders. It's obviously by design, it's not by chance. Players know where to put the ball in front of you, in front of Sarsha. Um, how much has that helped you and the forwards this year? definitely it's massive you know and it's something we've really worked on but I suppose the key with that is the adaptability different teams set up different ways so you need to know outside where to put the ball and you need to know inside where to run to get the ball um, so adaptability has been a huge part of our game this year and it's something that will has taken time and it definitely has but you know we're building nicely now um, the build up to another and find there's a lot of distractions people looking for tickets people calling home I imagine there's a lot of excitement how are you able to kind of compartmentalise things and move away from all that? You've no other choice, really, you know, and in, in previous years you would get distracted by it, you know, uh, but we've been here now a number of times, you know, I've been very fortunate to play in a number of All-Ireland finals, um, so you just need to learn how to, to as you said, compartmentalise, and the key focus is on the pitch, so you get all distractions out of the way the week, the week leading up to it, and, you know, focus primarily on the game, because essentially that's what it's all about. I'm about to interview him, but how has Matthew been coping? Because, you know, he gets very excited. <laughs> yeah, he's grand, he seems grand anyway. <laughs> Good answer from the captain. Um, and just finally, from your own point of view, as you said, you've achieved so much in this game. You've been involved in it for so long. I've never known though, a strong, a stronger court panel going to, to Crow Park for an All-Ireland final. But the entire country is behind the underdog. You know, they haven't won it since 45. There's going to be a lot of Waterford fans there. You want Cork fans to, to match that. Definitely, yeah. and we saw that in the semi-final. Waterford brought a phenomenal crowd to the semi-final, um, and in fairness, Cork did too. So we just need to make sure that you know the Cork people get out and support us, and we really do feel it on the pitch. You know, coming up there, last 15 minutes, you know, the game could be nip- like you know really tight, and and um, when you f- when you hear the crowd, then that really gives you a boost. So no, definitely hoping that the Cork people will get out as they always do. In fairness to them, so yeah. Excellent. Well, everybody in Cork, Shred FM, Big Red Bench wishes you all the best, Amy. Best of luck and all our fun. Thank you. Oh, delighted to be joined here on the Big Red Bench by uh, Saoirse McCarthy and Fiona Keating ahead of this year's All-Ireland Senior Camogie Final um, here on the Big Press Night. Saoirse, can I start with you? Player of the match in the previous win over Galway, but your dad usurped you on uh, social media for a change and that the picture of him admiring his daughter getting the award and getting a big hug afterwards went viral um, lovely moment and is he still ex- does he have an agent will we see more of him <laughs> I think he'd love that now he was calling the bingo down in Banspittle last night um, uh, yeah no look so he goes to everything and it's, it's like when I saw the picture it actually brought a tear to my eyes to be honest because you know they travel the country and they, they love the big days more than we do at this stage like you know that they're buzzing around the house talking about getting tickets and planning buses and stuff like that and I'm like leave me out of it you know so like the buzz in the house is probably bigger than the buzz here at training I think um, at this stage you know we're kind of keeping it calm but yeah look love the support and like Fiona's whole family was there as well like you know it's it's huge and I think when you know they're there you know you're going to fight that little bit harder or whatever but um, yeah it was it was unreal 
Yeah, a lot of emotional moments afterwards, I think, not just for the players, but as, as Saoirse said, Fiona, just for the families as well, because they've been on the road every step of the way with you. Did, was it a little bit more special afterwards, because you've beaten Kilkenny, you've beaten Galway, you know, two monkeys off the back before you get to the All-Ireland final? Yeah, I suppose, look, nothing comes easy when it gets to this side of the championship, and to beat Kilkenny and Galway, I suppose, is great, but, you know, like, Waterford are just as big a battle, and, you know, there's no such thing as complacency around here. It's just great fight another day, and just, you know, you have to try your best to come out on the right side of it. But, yeah, as you say, like family it was great to have them um, at the match last day and you know especially when that final whistle goes it's great to see some familiar faces um, around the pitch afterwards so yeah um, In the immediate aftermath Fiona it was such a tough game it's like really right down to the wire how much did coming through a similar game against Kilkenny help you? Yeah, I suppose, look, every match has been difficult in different ways. Um, for the Galway match, I suppose, you know, the weather was a big factor as well, playing in nearly winter conditions that day. Um, you'd be so used to the sun and stuff during training at the, the previous few weeks. But look, at the end of the day, every match is going to be a big battle, no matter who you're playing. You know, when you come to this side of championship, um, it's always a big challenge and you're facing a big opposition, you know, like Galway, Kilkenny and Waterford. You couldn't ask for, any, ask for anything else more, you know. Um, I've noticed there, so just with this year over the last couple of years, you seem, I won't say that bit more calm, but that bit more ready for it coming into an All-Ireland final in that you've been, you've been down this road before, you know what it's like to get to a final, unfortunately you know what it's like to lose a final, but the fact, as I just said there to Fiona, overcoming those two adversaries, Kilkenny and Galway, two of the best teams in the country, and the way that you did it, I won't say it gives you confidence or extra confidence going to the All-Ireland final, but there just seems to be a bit of a calmness and a bit of understanding around the panel at the moment, is that fair? Um, yeah, I suppose the girls coming back from injury was a huge boost and knowing they're to come on and, uh, the closing to close out the game is a massive calming factor, I suppose. When the goal went in against Galway, we still we, we kept the head, I suppose, whereas maybe in previous years we might have might have um, lost our shape and things like that. Um, look, like Fiona said, when you come to this end of championship, like every team you come up against is going to be strong. So we're just taking it game by game. Like Kilkenny and Galway now are in the past and we're, we're looking forward to an All-Ireland final against Waterford now. Thanks for segueing that into that for me, um, Fiona. Nice, easy question for you. So, the whole country is going to be behind Waterford. Let's be honest about it. It's a fairy tale story. 1945, their last final. We've already played them this year, and they, they beat Cork. Does that does that make it easier? Not that it would have mattered much, but that you can focus the minds even more. You know, this is a good team, and not a team just coming to make up the numbers on the All Ireland final day. They've already beaten you. They want that trophy. Um, this is not going to be easy. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, they've already beaten us once in the Munster Championship. Um, so, you know, they're a great they're a great team. There's no doubt about it. You know, nothing will come easy to us. It's just once we cross that white line um, Sunday week, it's just down to us then, you know, to put everything we've put into practice um, into play on the pitch. So, you know, we just put all our hard work and dedication we've put in over the year and put it into play now once um, the All-Ireland final comes in two weeks' time. Same question to you, Saoirse. This is Waterford. It's big, big occasion for Waterford Camogie, not just the day itself, but just for the whole county. They've been struggling on the men's side of things. A lot of pressure and a lot of, a lot of goodwill behind them, but you've just got, got to go out and do, and do your thing. Yeah, look, um, like fair play to them for getting to this final. Like You, you, can't, you can't fault them for that. Um, like This is our third final in three years, so maybe we, we're going in a bit under the radar, you know, and that's probably how we like it. Um, look, It'll it'll just be another game, you know, another another step on the ladder. So I suppose we just take it take it uh, game by game, and thankfully now this is the last one, and we hopefully hopefully come out the right side of it. And just finally, from your point of view, Sersha, how much is the experience of previous years help in the days leading up to an All Ireland final? Um, they do help. Like you have you have people with massive experience on this team. Like I suppose it being Waterford's first day, like they mightn't have like 
sorry, they mightn't have um, the experience of All Ireland final day and a big crowd like that. So look, experience is only one thing. You still have to go out and play the match. Um, so look, I don't think that's going to be a massive factor in the game. It's just go out and pull hard I suppose <laughs> pull hard indeed and are you a good are you an easy player to sit next on the bus and to build up to these all Ireland finals <laughs> yeah, oh yes okay is Saoirse an easy person to sit there um, ah, yeah I suppose we're nearly coming into the middle age category of the team now <laughs> <laughs> so you know we take it one step at a time and you kind of, you put in the headphones and kind of ignore what's going on around you and once you get out that bus you know there's only one thing on your mind well on behalf of everybody in Cork Shot FM's Big Red Bench you've been outstanding to us all season we are behind you all every step of the way at Crow Park and I'll learn find the very best of luck to you and let's get over that line. Thanks a million. Sarsha McCartan, first of all, um, excitement heading into an All-Ireland final. There's lots of uh, very young uh, Cork supporters, boys and girls here tonight. Lovely moments for them. You're signing a lot of uh, shoes there, I noticed, as well as, <laughs> as, as slitters and hurdies. Is this a new thing? Uh, I don't know. It's new for me anyway. I've, I've not really experienced anything like this here before, but it's obviously lovely to get people out and about and seeing us train, and, and you know we're feeling the support, and I suppose that's the main, main thing going into this game um, next week. Um, yeah, you're right. There is a lot of support, a big groundswell of support as well. You've come through a really, really tough, rigorous test this year. You've had setbacks, losing to Waterford, um, also losing out in the National League final. But coming back and beating Kilkenny and Galway, mentally, what does it mean for this team and this panel? I think it builds huge momentum for us. I think, you know, obviously those defeats either make or break a team, and I think they've actually made us. Now, like, look, I think the best thing that could happen to us probably was getting defeated by Waterford in the Munster and having to build, rebuild and sort of everyone try and find their form of it. And I think we've done that there come the right time. And we look, our biggest test now is next week against Waterford again, and hopefully we can rectify what we've done wrong against them in, in the Munster Championship. And, and, and hopefully. Yeah, it's okay. Is it a factor? I mean, is it something that I've been asking a few of the players? They're saying it's not. But I mean, when you've beaten, been beaten by a team going into an Ireland final, it has to play in your mind a small bit. Um, I suppose look, that day we did, when we actually watched the game back, we didn't do ourselves justice. Um, we didn't play to our strengths, and you know we made simple errors. So look, we've been working on those kinds of things, like ball to hand, move the ball quick, and leave space in for our forward line. And, and hopefully, like you know, the likes of Amy O'Connor and Mackie, sure, like they can make the job happen if, if if we give them the right supply. So look, that's something we've been working on, and I think we're starting to come to terms with with what what we all need to do as a collective. What's it like playing in this this year's panel? Because now there's we talk about it's a cliche, just you know, fighting for places. But when you see the game changers that Matthew's been able to call upon over the last couple of games, has that upped everyone's game? You're nodding along. Yeah. Oh yeah, completely. Like in training, like you don't want to, like you're on a, almost trying not to mess up, and then you end up messing up. But you know, it's just the pressure. Like everyone's chomping at the bit. Everyone wants a space. So look, you have to just focus on yourself and hope that, you know, whatever you can add, you can either, you're, if you're on the bench or you're coming on or, you know, if you're just in training and training away hard, it's, it's, it's a collective thing. So, like, we all just bring what we can to training and whoever they call upon the first starting 15, you know, it's going to change within the first 40 minutes. Like, and, and that's it. We have to bring on the game changers, like, to bring off Orla Cronin off the bench, probably one of the best players in the country. Like, that's a luxury that most teams w- yeah. couldn't have. So, so we're, like, we're only delighted to have the likes of Aisling Thompson and Orla able to come on and, and like, push for a starting place as well, because it only pushes the training session on. Sure, like, we're all, we're all flying now, like, but we just need to really focus on the job in two weeks' time, and that's the main thing. Um, am I right in saying you're enjoying your camogie this year? You seem to be moving a lot for your injury-free. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a very, very specific role up on that forward line. You know, you're not just a physical presence, but you've yeah. got those nice touches and the build-up to a lot of scores. You've added a bit to your game this year. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, last year I probably was just trying to find my feet. Yeah. It's probably a bit more one-dimensional. And 
I think, you know, as you said, the competition for places, like, if I'm not, if I'm one-dimensional, I'm probably not going to be making much of a difference. So I'm trying to, I suppose, win a ball, take it on, or maybe be a bit more versatile. And I think it adds something different as well because I'm not a strong runner. So, like, you know, the likes of Sears McCarthy, Laura Hayes are all brilliant strong runners. And I think just adding maybe, you know, a bit of a bit of a difference in the forward line is something that I can work to my advantage sometimes. And, look, then the likes of Amy and Mackie can do their thing inside as well. So, look, there's a bit the good mix, and I think that's important as well because it keeps the team guessing. Yeah, and the more you talk about it, I'm going to imagine that the last week of training is going to be pretty intense, to put it mildly. Is that fair? <laughs> yeah, look, I'd say there'll be no shy of hits anyway. We'll be, we'll be all chomping at the bit, but look, that's important. I think, I think you know, I was asked a question um, before about, you know, um, was like with the hits in games phase me and I'm like do you know what I get worse hits in training like it, it is true like this this team's so so competitive and I think that's important you know going into a game you know what to expect and you know you've gotten almost worse probably a training so you just have to take it on the chin and that's what I think drives the team on as well we know when we're going out in the pitch we've done the, we've done the business in training so that's probably more important who from the family and extended family and the new family members you never knew about will be present at Croke Park for the honour and final well, I'd say mum, dad, and you know, all them and, and friends from home and stuff. But you know, I think right now I'm just trying to think about the game, and then after I can think about who's there and who to hug and whatnot. There did seem to be a huge amount of support though at that the last game against Galway. It was very important as well. I know we make a joke about the family and everything being there, and you don't want to be thinking about tickets. But it did seem to me that the crowd were very important too. There was a lot of emotion after that yeah. game against Galway. I saw an outpouring of emotion after the Kilkenny win, yeah. but the Galway one, like, did you feel the same way? Yeah, because I think, you know, there's, it's been a few years now since yeah. we, we've gotten over the line against Galway, so I think that their emotion was just like, we finally probably got the mon- monkey off our back, and it was important for everyone. I think it was like a huge confidence boost to know that we are capable of, of yeah. going the full way if, if we put our minds to it, and, you know, we really focus on, on what the task is ahead, and we're never looking ahead of the next step. You know, Galway was always the next step, and obviously getting over that line was a huge release of emotion and probably just... How good are you in the build-up to an all earning final? Are you? I asked Saoirse McCarthy and I asked Fiona Keating. Fiona said you know, she gave she put in her headphones and she's sitting next to Saoirse. What about you? Are you okay on the bus or do you just put the headphones on, head down? Uh, a mixture. Usually I would be like uh, reading a book or you know, calm. Yeah, yeah, calm, yeah, yeah, calm, and then you know you get the odd shiver of like, oh god, this is good. This, we're going actually into a game here. But other than that, there, yeah, usually chillax until someone tries to chat, and then I'm you know hand up. <laughs> I can't chat now but look yeah look everyone has their own wee quirks before a game but I think um, the more chillax everyone is the better probably you know we just take it on a stride well, listen we wish everybody in Cork Shire of Big Sweat Bench wishes you all the best in that uh, All-Ireland final we hope you can bring the cup home uh, but thanks very much for speaking to us Sarsha McCarr thanks Mulder ok Cleena big build up to this year's All-Ireland final lots of excited uh, schoolboys and schoolgirls here tonight this is a nice moment though because it shows you the support behind you yeah it's lovely there's loads of kids here tonight and you know it's great um, to see the amount of support and to see like you know that um, the future generation are coming up and excited for us to be in an All-Ireland final um, Waterford in the final a lot of neutrals will be on their side does that make it easier to focus from Cork's point of view just do your own job um, I think you know we're just very focused I suppose on ourselves and obviously we know how good Waterford are um, having played them already this year and obviously any team that gets to an all in final is a good team but um, I think just you know focusing on ourselves and our own game and hopefully you know we'll have put in the work and that that will show um, Sunday week
Um, you're obviously hoping to force your way into that first 15. Not an easy thing to do of all years with Cork. Some amount of talent on the panel. No, um, I suppose we have a very competitive um, panel this year, which is great. Um, and I think, you know, it has really showed um, throughout the matches how strong the panel is um, with the bench and the starting 15. And, you know, even at training, like everyone's just pushing, um, I suppose, to um, try and get into starting 15 or to, you know, um, be coming on. So it's great to see the competition at training. Yeah, even watching a small bit of training tonight, there was a lot of intensity, some hard hits going in. Is that the way it's been? Yeah, um, you know, everyone, I suppose, is just um, putting in their shift of training and, um, you know, it's just real high intensity, which is what we want coming up to an All-Ireland final. Um, I'm asking all the players, what are they like on the bus on the way up to the final? What are you like? Do you put the headphones in, head down, or do you talk like Saoirse McCarthy a lot? Um, no, I suppose you'd be quite enough on the way up, um, just kind of concentrating, put the headphones in and listen away to the music. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be talking that much on the way up. <laughs> what about family? Who's, who's coming to the final? Um, they're all coming to the final. So yeah, Even cousins, you haven't seen All the cousins are coming. Um, the whole of Aha Bullock will be there. So um, it'll be great to have the, you know, the club there and the family there to support us on the day. Just finally, this is a big test. As you said, they've already beaten you this year at Waterford, but since then, you've come through some real bigger tests. Again, dare I say it, against Galway, against Kilkenny, the last two All-Ireland winners. Couldn't ask for a better build-up. No, um, I think it's great having beaten Galway and Kilkenny coming into this, but you know that's in the past now, and we'll just be looking forward to um, playing Waterford, and we obviously know that they'll bring a huge test, so I think it's just focusing on that, um, and hopefully we'll get over the line. Well, everybody in Corkshire, if Big Red Bench, wishes you all the best. Best of luck, Lena. Thanks very much. Katrina Mackey, uh, we're not long away now from an All-Ireland senior camogie final in Crow Park. Preparations are going well, big crowd here tonight, a lot of excited young, young people running around. Um, do nights like this remind you of why you play, you love camogie when you see so many young faces looking up to you and you've got so many, you know, you're heroes to so many people. Yeah, definitely. Look, geez, at the start of the year, this is kind of where you want to be. Just the last two weeks in um, July going into August. That's fantastic. It was a great turnout today. And see these young girls and see young boys as well here. And look, they look up to us. Um, and I hope they'll travel up Sunday week as well. So, yeah, look, it's brilliant. I think it's important to just enjoy it and take it all in as well. Yeah, that's a key thing because, look, you've had a lot of experience. You know what these types of weeks are like, you know, in the, in the build-up to All-Ireland Finals. You've been through them before irrespective of the results unfortunately over the last two years does the experience of the week before help you now coming into this one I definitely yeah she's the first say few All-Irelands I was in through the two weeks leading up to All-Ireland they can just kind of pass you by yeah. but I, I think it's just important just to take it all in just say take a training session by training session and just enjoy every session up to the up to say Sunday week someone's as I was saying there just, it can pass you by and you're not really enjoying it which is important to take it take everything in really um, this All-Ireland final, I don't think there's ever been a tougher road to it for Cork because you had to beat the reigning champions and really play well and do so to beat them. Then you had to beat Galway, who had a bit of an Indian sign over Cork over the last few years. Uh, before we talk about the finalists and, and the opponents, Waterford, how important is it for the group? Because you know how good you are within the group and within the dressing room to get those wins over Galway and Kilkenny has, has I think, told the rest of the world just how good you are. Maybe people were doubting you there for a bit of, for a bit of time coming into those two games. Yeah, definitely. I think we'd say, first off, anyway, we did a tough group. Like we lost against Galway up in Atten Roy. I thought we'd say we played a good first half, but look, the second half wasn't good enough. We, again, down, say, Clare, they were tough enough as well. And, geez, you couldn't ask for a tougher, um, say, quarter-final and semi-final. Like, the, the Kilkenny game, it was, say, perfect weather conditions. It was a great game. Say, free, free-flowing hurling. And, obviously, the Galway again, game then, that was a bit, a bit different. The weather was yeah. pretty shocking. Yeah. But it was just kind of just grinding it out and just... 
playing well the second half and just hanging on and look we got important scores at the end say Orla Callan she came off the bench got a really good score same with Kina Healy um, so yeah obviously it was important to get over the line um, and look we'll have that stand to us Sunday week um, you played in a lot of very good Cork teams you played in a lot of, when you broke onto the Cork team they were very new Cork teams but this team seems to have a lot of finishers and game changers off the bench more so than other years uh, yeah look I think we have a really strong panel obviously at the start of the year we had a few players injured but they, they kind of came back now with the right time and um, we say experience from last year as well and say 2021 so the, you know, there was a lot of minor players came to the panel but I think they've built up experience as well so look with this great competition and training um, and everybody's pushing each other to get the best of see each other so yeah I think we've got a very strong panel Waterford in the final fairy tale story for looking for their first all earn since 1945 you know that they're the neutrals favourites but does that make it easier for you to just focus on what Cork needs to do and just go up and try and win the game? Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, t- to be honest, like I, I don't really care who we're playing in the final. That doesn't do affect us. I think we just got to concentrate on ourselves and so I say our performance on the day. Obviously, everybody's going to be rooting for Waterford, but we're really not too interested in that. We're just concentrating on ourselves and we have to bring... We know, like, obviously, they beat us the ones to say quarter-final. They bought a big performance that day and we weren't good enough that day. And we have to bring, they were excellent against Tipperary. They finished really well in the second half. We, we have to, to give a big performance to get the win on Sunday week. Is that a factor or do you just put it, forget about it, the fact that they've already beaten you? You know you're going up to Cork Park, it's a brand new game. But does that kind of stick in the back of your mind a bit? No, I don't, I don't think it does. I think obviously you, you get learnings from it. And look, look back in the video and you're going to learn things from it. But I think you just take, uh, take it game by game. Um, we say a lot of games after that as well and I think we're improving um, but that, that doesn't do it that's not going to impact you at the end of the day Just finally it's great to see you injury free you're playing I think some of your best camogie do you feel the same way over the last couple of months? Uh, yeah definitely enjoying it obviously a bit of a different setup this year and say Liam he's bought say a lot of new stuff to the table as well um, so I'm just I think obviously it was out missed miss the league yeah. missed the monster um, but yeah definitely just enjoying it I think at the minute that's the main thing we wish you all the best in the All-Ireland Final, Katrina. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks. First of all, the build-up to an All-Ireland Final, you're well used to it. You know what's expected. You know what, what comes about. But because you're playing everybody's favourite underdog this year, does that make it easier to focus in on what Cork needs to do? Um, I definitely think, like, especially this year, like we're really doing focus on ourselves. Like I think it has to be due about, see, the players. We have, say, a panel, a massive panel this year. Huge talent. Like We're really doing focus on ourselves. Obviously, we're not going to, say, underestimate Waterford. And like you're going to give them the credit they deserve, but I think you know, like we're I think we're coming good now, coming into the final, and it's we have to focus on ourselves, what we're doing well, what we're doing well in training, what attributes we can bring to the game, like what are our strong points. I think that's the main thing that we're concentrating on now. Um, as I said, Waterford have already beaten you this year. You know the kind of challenge that lays ahead. There's going to be a lot, of, not a lot, a lot of pressure on them, but a lot of goodwill towards them. But in the final week. Have you, ever known, have you ever known a time in a Cork Camogie panel when the competition for places was so intense? Um, look, there's so many people now on the bench that you would normally have seen starting down through the years. You've seen that yourself. Yeah. Is this the most intense in terms of looking people looking to start? Oh, absolutely. Like, like the competition is it's unbelievable. Like, I even felt like, say, this year, obviously I didn't play last year, yeah. coming back into the panel, like, we such a pick of players. Like, even the match day, say, 20 players, we bring on, like, say, four or five subs. They're not even the same from, like, every match. So you're actually kind of rotating, like, the 20 players even. And, like, I think even this year, I felt under pressure, to be honest, like, completely, like... Like, it just... I think that drives everyone on, like, and you get the best out of yourself as well. Um, Yeah, it's been... I think that's fantastic. It actually brings up the standard 
um, yeah. completely like and I think we've noticed that and even I suppose in training Sarsha McCartan was just saying to me she said she never worries about kind of hits she's going to get in games because she gets hit harder in training that there's a real everybody's had to step up this year now because nobody knows as you said what the starting 15 is oh yeah like absolutely like the training is like it's so intense like it, that sort is definitely right there like I don't come up against like you're like so prepared in training that when you come to a match it's actually just easy to like perform because the training is so intense you're coming up against like the best players really like I think like just 30 players on our panel like they're absolutely fantastic and they just they bring the best out of you and I think that makes it easier than like going into a match like because you felt the pressure and the intensity during say our training sessions so yeah that's brilliant um, Having been away for so long and now back I mean it's obviously I know you're happy to be back but how happy are you with the way you've readjusted because it's not an easy thing to do when you're away for that long obviously not like I say I came back this year um, I obviously had a few injuries like coming in so I didn't play a lot of the league I like missed say the first few games in the championship um, but I think like do I, I trained away myself I was just focused on like the summer the championship and I, I think do things are coming good for me now which I'm absolutely delighted with because um, I, I don't like put in a lot of work but yeah like it's obviously hard being away from the game and then coming back in and being injured but I think just a real positive. I'm very positive now at the moment, so that's good. And you were, you've, you did the business against Kilkenny, did the business against Galway. Let's be honest, you couldn't ask for a tougher run into an all Ireland final. You're hoping that those two experiences, those two wins, and the way you won, Pamela, that's the big thing. The way Cork won will stand to you against Waterford. Oh, yeah, de- definitely. I think like you couldn't ask for two better games leading into a final. Like Kilkenny game was completely different in comparison to the Galway game. Like Kilkenny do they're a much different team, the way they set up and everything. And then you, we play Galway, say, in horrendous conditions as well. Like we such do a physical, like they're really kind of big side and physical, they're hard to play against. So I think we learned like so many lessons from like the two games. Like they were very different games, but extremely tough physical games. And you actually couldn't be- ask for a better run up to a final. With all your experience, have you noticed that this year, I think this year's championship has become, like you've just said, more physical than ever before? I'm including Tipperary and that, I'm including Clare and that, I'm including a lot of the National League games as well that you played. It has, Camogie is stepping up. It's becoming a faster game, but it's all becoming more physical. How important is it now that you've been injury free running to that final? Oh, yeah, Jesus, definitely. Like you can see, the standard has, like, it has improved massively. Like before, you, you would have been just talking about, say, Cork, Galway, Kilkenny, whereas obviously this year, the likes to say Tipperary, they really do up their standards in terms of, say, their physicality and, say, fitness wise. And you obviously have Waterford. Even like playing, say, down, like when we played down in Park Cueve, that was even a really fit, like, tough game, I thought, for us. Like they were physical side, and even the likes of Clare, like, so yeah, the, like, the standards this year have really do improved. And I think, well, obviously, that's, that's good for the game as I well, like, definitely. Just finally, what, uh, will you have the same routine, keep the same routine on the bus, same bus partner? Do you put the headphones in? How do you prepare in the, in the build-up? Oh, yeah, the same routine. <laughs> I just sit in front of my sister, um, just headphones in, uh, listen to a few <laughs> Michael Jordan quotes or something. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, exact same routine, yeah. I don't know, I think to stay positive, like have a positive mindset going up as I like, and I don't know, you need to relax and then you can tune in for the game then as I like. Yeah. Everybody in Corsair FM Big Red Bench wishes you all the best, Pamela. Best of luck in our Ireland final. Thanks a million. The Big Red Bench. Game on. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Continuing on from the brilliantly organised Cork Camogie Senior Media Press and Supporters Evening at Castle Road. On behalf of the Big Red Bench, I also spoke with some of the Cork players, including Ashling Thompson, Amy Lee, Cork's Red FM's very own Hayley Ryan, Laura Tracy, and Maeve Cahalan.
We'll also hear from Cork Senior Manager Matthew Toomey, but first is a very special Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast guest, young Cork Camogie fan Millie Telfer Farrell. Now we're talking to a very, very important Cork supporter. What is your name? Millie. And Millie, what were you doing here tonight? I was signing my Harley Sarah and my jersey. Oh, whoa. And was there a lot of Cork players here? Yeah. And who's your favourite Cork player? Emma. Really? Why Why is that? She signed signed my um, jersey because she plays for the Glen. The Glen? Are they your club, are they? Yes. And are they the best camogie club in the world? Yeah. And would you play for anybody else other than the Glen? Yes. Oh, you must. And come here to me. Are you looking forward to the All-Ireland final? Yes. Why? Are Cork going to beat Waterford? Yes. How much are you looking forward to it? 100%. Well, thank you very much for talking to us here on the Big Red Bench, and we wish you all the best. Are you looking? We we'll see you in Crow Park. Yes. Bye bye now, sir. I don't know what that means. Ashley Thompson, first of all, like the sheer numbers here tonight, huge crowd of schoolboys and schoolgirls getting behind the Cork Senior Camogie team. Must be refreshing for you to see the amount of support that's there for you going up to Crow Park. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable, I think. When we first started training and, and by the time we were getting off the field, we were like, ah, we won't be too bad, we won't be here a while. And then we turned around to a massive crowd. So, And it was the same the last day in Nolan Park. Even you know, even the lads at home watching said it, they couldn't get over the size of the car crowd that were there in the pitch after. And it's just unbelievable, you know, the influence. You'd think it would die, but it, it doesn't. It's almost like it's getting better. So hopefully now they'll follow us up to Croke Park next Sunday. Indeed, let's hope they all go there. Croke Park on Sunday, before we talk about Waterford, Talk to me about the importance of beating Galway. The fantastic performance to beat Kilkenny was one thing, but that mental block in getting over Galway, how important was it for the players, not just the euphoria of winning at the final whistle, but the, the importance of beating two of the best teams in the country to get there? Yeah, I think, you know, for a lot of players, it was probably a psychological thing. Um, for myself, no, I probably wouldn't have looked at it that way. It was more so dips in our performance and our conversion rate um, was quite poor and has been for the last few years. So, you know, but again, certain players will take certain things from games. And I do think probably a psychological factor was more so for a lot of players. But look, I think it just came to a point where we just had to decide whether whether we want, you know, whether we wanted enough or not, because... Um, you know, and I think a lot of players probably worked on things that were letting them down in games. And at the end of the day, it's a collective sport. Like as individuals, a lot of us would excel, but I think we have to look at it that it's from one to thirty at the end of the day. And you know, we all just decided that if we had to take time out of training and do stuff on the side, like I think that's what we had to do. Um, yeah, so like for us, obviously it was huge. I think the fact that we came out of the Kilkenny game and straight into the game against Galway, we were anticipating that that was going to be the matchup. I think everyone kind of guessed it, but at the same time, we wanted the game. I think we wanted Galway next. You know, we didn't want to leave it. You know, if we had to, let's say, meet another team and go on and play them in the final in Croke Park, it would have been a tougher ask again. And I, I think it probably was meant to happen for us. Um, but I just think that players have decided that we're we're just we have we've no other choice. We have to get over the line. It's been too long, and at the end of the day, if we're beaten by the better team on the day, we can walk in and look at ourselves in the mirror and accept it. But I think in the last few years, everyone has to agree that we've let ourselves down completely. And we said there's no way we're doing that. You know, last weekend there was just no way. Like so, to come away with a win, we were extremely happy, and it's great now to have that over the line. And that psychological factor is no longer an excuse. I'm not going to ask you where do you rank this panel compared to other panels that you played on, don't you, Kerry? I don't think that's fair on other panels. 
but how intense is the competition for places going to the All-Ireland Final? Yeah, I think that's probably the difference, is the competition is something that we've never seen before, so... You know, I, I'm just even saying it to people, the last day we probably have five subs that came on that are five starters on the team. So it's something that we've never seen before. And uh, I've also said it's something that opposition have, haven't had to think about. When you come to a cock team, you can almost predict who's the first 15 and what positions they're going to be in. And, you know, I think the game has kind of changed in the sense that like Galway have probably had a, a very strong bench in the last few years Kilkenny the same I think no matter what Kilkenny team you throw out there they just always seem to have that bit of an edge whereas I think we've kind of been missing an it factor and I think this year not not because myself that I'm there but look at the likes of Orla Cahillan you know you've Laura Hayes you've uh, Kleena Healy you've myself you've Orla Cronin but you've you know the younger girls that have got a lot of game time too like Emma Murphy Ellie Smith and girls like that Claudia Finn you know it's stood to us massively so like even girls that were probably starting and coming on are, are not even getting a look in now at the moment but that just comes down to the competition and a lot of girls were dropped during the year as well but look it was it was probably no harm at the same time because I did think we needed a kick I think Watford gave us a massive kick too earlier on in the year and I, I don't think it was any harm because I think again it was just a lot of girls had to make some tough decisions and management have had to make some tough, tough decisions but you just have to suck it up because we're in it together You've had a long road to get back I've seen you before at the start of the year on your own, you had to work along, on your own, had to work with physios and coaches and whatnot. I mean how difficult was it mentally for you? to get over that injury and to get back to where you are now because you're moving freely you've made an impact in all the games you have genuinely yeah. and it's important to Cork have you in the dressing room as well more yeah. I know it sounds like a cliche yeah, no, but from your own point of view how difficult was it coming back because I know it wasn't easy no it definitely wasn't like it was probably the toughest thing that I've ever had to face in my career I think I, I don't know is there any other injury or recovery there's obviously probably worse ones out there but just in terms of the recovery because it's so long and I suppose in the initial phase of that recovery it's very isolated like you do a lot of things on your own and because of the fact that I live over an hour away from Cork City as well it wasn't easy for me to you know I, I wasn't going to decide to get into my car and drive an hour down the road because it was smarter for me to stay at home get my recovery and I was probably working out six to seven days a week sometimes and trying to get the recovery in at the same it's it's a full-time and then working a full-time job on top of that to try and pay for the expense of it so I think yeah it probably took its toll at times and you know, even even just the actual work itself, like being inside the gym, having to push yourself to a place that you've never had to push before, and oftentimes you'd come out crying, and it's not crying because you're sad about the injury, but it's crying because of the level of effort. The emotional, you know, side that it takes out of you is like you've to push yourself to a limit that you've never had to push. So now, on the flip side, I've probably never felt stronger. I don't think, you know, like it's going to stand to me massively too in my career, especially being at the age I'm at. So you have to see it from both sides and look. In the latter stage, like getting back, I'm in full contact now for the last couple of months. I'm extremely happy. I'm in a good place. And even if I'm on the line, I feel very much as part of it as I did last year and the other year where, you know, I haven't had time on the bench. So it's, it, it feels no different to me. Like I still feel like a huge part of it. And no matter what happens the next day, whether I start or I come in, you know, as long as we get over the line, like that's the main thing. Well, I'm delighted to see you back personally, and I know everybody in Corkshire FM, Big Red Bench, are thrilled to see you back and flying fully fit again. Best luck in the final lashing. Thanks very much for having me.
Uh, Amy Lee, we're, we're not far off an All-Ireland final against Waterford. There's been a huge crowd here tonight. I've been asking all the players. They're all taken aback at the sheer volume of school boys and school girls out in force looking for autographs. Must be refreshing for you as Cork players to know there's an army of support behind you. It's fantastic and look, it's great for them to be to come out and see it like it's we always talk about like women in sport and being visible and stuff so it's great for them to have the opportunity to come out and it's great it's boys girls everything like even parents coming up like and like I think they really like a lot of them are really into it because they come up looking they know your name like it's just unbelievable and I've asked most of them I've planted the seed hopefully we'll get most of them like I think most of the clubs will have a bus going up to to Crow Park so it's great for the club like the club's being involved as well um, and to support we know Waterford will come come in crowds as well like so it'd be great to see all our, our own who are very good over the years for supporting us anyway um, so it's unbelievable and speaking of that support you had savage support in that Galway game the last day I mean you could hear them in the stands they got behind you when you needed them the most uh, I've been asking the other players the importance of getting that monkey off the back and beating Galway is pretty obvious at the final whistle but when you've had time to think about it now just how big a win was that for you? I was, it was massive definitely like almost just a psychological battle of getting over them like they've been beating us since 2017 now um, sometimes they were just way better than us other times we probably didn't play to our potential um, but like it's, it's fantastic to get over them but we have to park it now. We still we still have to go out and play Watford, like who who have worked just as hard as us to get into um, an All Ireland final and had just a difficult semi final as well against Tip, one point win as far as I remember. So like we we have to park the Galway stuff now. Um, it's great to beat them, but it's just, we still haven't won anything yet, you know. Well, that's a good point, actually. In the fact that Waterford came through an equally tough encounter, like it's not going to be much in this final, no matter what happens. From your point of view, you've been through this before. How much does the previous experience of the All Ireland final week build up the day, the whole lot? How much, you know, when you have that experience in the back pocket, does it make it easier when you're going up there? Um, I think it's, it's small, but like it depends. Look, it, it, this depends person to person. Like so, like obviously, I've I've learned over the years, like avoid social media, don't be reading. My tweets. The tweets, the like the articles, like I know we've spoke to the media today. There's a reason we did it today as well. We wanted next Fair week yeah. just to be training like and like I don't think any of us will take any <laughs> notice of what we've we've said or what's been taken down in the next couple of weeks. Um definitely the, like the the build up and the day in it and stuff like just knowing what's your routine and stuff like I always kinda try and say to the younger girls like obviously only 20 players can come on at the end of the day if you don't come on I think you just need to really sit there and take it all in as much as you can because definitely makes it easier like I was obviously like blessed I got to play intermediate finals in Croke Park lost a couple as well along the way like but every time I got to take in the atmosphere the noise like the crowd everything and like really appreciate it while I was there and I just think it's important for them to do that because when they do get the opportunity or the chance I think it'll come way easier to them like so definitely just it does get it does get easier going up like nothing changes about the match but definitely the build up and stuff like you get used to what you want to do how you want to prepare for it like we've done the same thing now the last couple of years you get to train up like it's the same thing food Croke Park pitch walk like it's all the same process the only thing that's different is probably you go out and you look and you're like 
I'm here, <laughs> you know. And it, do, it does get easier getting there. Obviously, people are going to have nerves first time out and stuff, but it's, it's just great. Like I'm asking everybody as well on the bus or maybe just on the way to the ground or the train, do you put the headphones in, do you chat, or do you keep the head down? Uh, it just depends. If someone wants to chat, I'd be chatting, put the headphones in. I, like, I don't care. Like I, I'm pretty easy going, like like some days I might try on the own Netflix like you know <laughs> it just depends how I'm feeling like um, like other than that like it's pretty I don't yeah I don't do anything special I know people have superstitions and stuff but I've, I've the same yeah I just go off and <laughs> play just finally talking to the players as well in all my time covering Cork Mogi is this the strongest panel you've been involved with because nobody can predict that first 15 I don't know if even Matthew can predict it just yet uh, yeah to be fair lots of girls have put their hands up and it's unbelievable to see we probably have struggled a small bit with our bench some years uh, maybe not having maybe only having one or two like people that we can bring on with the experience and stuff but look that's all part of it as well like you have to build from somewhere on like unfortunately like players retired and that's going to happen in every game so it's great to see us build ourselves back up again now we have the younger players who were younger a couple of years ago now becoming the experienced players like the likes of Saoirse, Laura Hayes, like Fiona Keating, all top players for us now. Like, um, just having a bench as well is unbelievable. Like you've Ashton Thompson who's back from injury, or the Cronin, you've Emma Murphy who's made like appearances throughout the championship and the league. Like, so you've lo- loads of players that can come on and do a, do a job for us. And I, I'd say he's a headache already, but I, I don't know how he's going to pick the team. I couldn't do it anyway. Well, look, on behalf of everybody in Corkshire FM, Big Red Bench, Amy, we wish you and the Cork players all the best in the All-Ireland final. Go get that cup. Thanks very much. Now, I could not come to the Cork Camogie Press Night and not talk to Red FM's, uh, one of Red, Red FM's best up-and-coming presenters uh, in Haley Ryan, and also a Cork Camogie player. Is there anything you can't do? Plenty. <laughs> Plenty I can Big night tonight. Lots of kids, very excited, lots of parents here. It's great to see it. It also reminds you as a player and on the panel the support that's behind this team. Absolutely, yeah. This is definitely the biggest I've ever seen with, with underage coming down to these type of media nights. And it's just, I think it's a sign really just how much the game has grown and how much the interest has grown amongst the young, the young girls and boys. Like, I've never seen so many boys coming up asking for signatures, which is lovely. So, it's, no, it's fabulous. It's great. For you, you've come through the ranks, up through the intermediate team, did your time there, played really, really well, got your chance on the senior panel. Um, it's been a, a journey, he said, without trying to sign too uh, you know, over the top about it. But it has been a long path to get where you are. And now you're there, it must be a fantastic feeling. Yeah, I think it was a, it was a big decision for me. I think to to go up to the senior I suppose panel this year because I was I was obviously named vice captain intermediates this year. So it was kind of it was a big decision that I had to make. But I'm I suppose just for me personally, it was um, something. I think when you start playing, that's where you want to get to is the top level, and I needed to remind myself that. And then just came in and just I've, I've to be fair, I've really been enjoying it and the the professionalism, the girls, everything, and just to be this is where you want to be really is at the, at the highest level. And um, no, I'm really enjoying it and glad I made the made the the move did it help that there was a few of you came up at the same time and that you were able to kind of experience it together yeah definitely I think myself and Aoife Barrett were the two that went from from the intermediates and then Claude Finn as well who we would have been playing with the last couple of years went up so it was nice there was three of us and it kind of like I suppose you're, you're the new kids in the block you kind of feel like you have to prove yourself a bit so no it was nice to have two other girls with me to do that yeah definitely Big commitment, Haley, because on top of everything else, everybody's got jobs, personal lives. But when you become a senior intercounty player, it does. I imagine, even though you were an intermediate player and you knew you got a taste of it, it's the same thing. But this is a step up again, yeah. 
yeah, it's like a second job. It actually is like a second job. I think at the start it was very tough because it, I obviously was still working. I'm a teacher, so it's nice. I, I, I'm on somewhere now, but at the start it was definitely hard to... You just go from school to training, school to training, and that's and even Dad says that you just have no life, literally. But no, we all do it because we love it. We're all very similar, and nobody minds the, the commitment. Like, you just have to do it. Um, big, big test coming up. This is a Waterford team that have already got a win over Cork earlier on in the year. Everybody knows that. But the way he bounced back against Kilkenny and then Galway... Must, you go up to Crow Park with confidence, not overconfidence, but like you couldn't ask for two better tests going up to face Waterford. Yeah, definitely. I think both Kilkenny and both Galway, I think actually looking back now, we're, we're very happy that we had those two tests because I suppose when we played Galway or when we played Waterford in the Munster Championship, we knew there was things weren't right and I think it, it came at the perfect time. It was We kind of got a, a kick up the backside really and it was the kick up the backside that we needed because we realised we're not where we need to be and ever since then we've just worked tirelessly and I think it, it just shows on the pitch because... It, you know, we're getting better each time, but we still have obviously a massive job. We're not, you know, there's nothing won yet, but we're just, we're, we are building, so it's brilliant. How much are you looking forward to trying to? Can you enjoy this experience when you're a player? Oh, definitely, yeah. You have to enjoy it. These, these things they don't come around too often, so you enjoy it, but you at the same time you do realise it's a massive, massive job ahead, and you just work, you have to work hard and keep pushing yourselves. And in fairness, we all push each other at training, and yeah, but you enjoy it. We've got crack as well, so it's important. Uh, well, I've said it to all the other players. I don't need to say it to you, but Cork Shred FM's big red bench is fully behind you, Haley. Everybody at Red FM, best of luck. Thanks a million, Jer. Thank you. Okay, Laura, it's been a very, uh, very big night for Cork Camogie. Huge numbers here. Schoolboys, schoolgirls, parents, everybody coming out in support, getting to sign autographs. Um, reaffirms the support that's behind this team this year, and you're going to need them in Crow Park. Yeah, absolutely. It puts a smile on your face kind of standing around here um, in our home grounds in Castle Road, looking at the amount of people who have come and support us tonight. Um, it's it's incredible. And the support last weekend as well in Nolan Park um, was really special, I think. You know, the crowd really got behind us when we needed them most. So hopefully it'll be the same again in Crow Park next week. The victory over Kilkenny was hard earned. The victory over Galway even more so. Could you have asked for a better lead into an all-earned final? I know it's very cliche to say, but I think we've taken this year um, since losing to Waterford um, down in the park, game by game, and very literally game by game. Uh, we were never thinking anything too far ahead when we were facing Kilkenny and the exact same against Galway last week. Um, so our next battle now is uh, Waterford in a week's time. Looking back, like we had to show huge character um, against Kilkenny and against Galway um, and we were lucky enough to come out with the win um, on both days but we worked really really hard in those two games um, and we we did the same in Athenry as well um, in the first round of, of the group stage of the championship and we didn't come out with a win you know so um, we're going to have to bring a massive amount of energy next week um, and we tactically we're going to have to be on our game as well because Waterford are going to bring something um, completely different to what Galway and Kilkenny have brought to us the last few weeks. Can we read too much into that first meeting with Waterford? It was really though, I mean Ashley Thompson described it, you know, it was, a, it was a kick up the arse basically for want of a stronger term but it came at a time when Cork gave you time to regroup get time, go back onto the training pitch, get going but there's a huge amount of momentum behind Waterford as well. They came through an equally hard test against Tip in the semi-final. So this is not an easy game at all. Just because they're new to it doesn't mean it's going to be any easier. But can you only focus on your job and the Cork focus on their thing and just block all that out? Yeah, um, absolutely. You've hit the nail on the head there. I think 
we just have to focus on ourselves and that's what we've kind of done since that loss down in the park that day uh, we really stripped everything back we started to ask ourselves you know why are we playing for Cork you know and each of us had to explain our why's um, we've had to work extremely hard in the gym fitness wise tactically you know um, and thankfully we've had a lot of girls come back from injuries as well and um, they've gotten game time into them so we have a good bit of momentum coming into this game but to say it's going to be easy that that's not going to be true um, it's going to be a massive battle next week and one that we're really looking forward to uh, but one that we have to be really ready for was that a turning point so for the squad was that the main point of this year do you think looking back now on reflection, I think that you probably could say that. Yeah, absolutely. I think we came through the league. Um, we did quite well. We tried new things, new people in new positions, you know, giving girls game time. Um, and we were unfortunate to lose to Galway in a league final. That was very disheartening, I think. Um, we'd lost to them an awful lot now over the last few years and losing um, an All-Ireland final as well, like last August. Um, and the losses do put little doubts in your head, you know. You'd be lying if you said they didn't, but we did have to strip back, you know. And as I said earlier, like we started to look at ourselves um, a lot why we're here playing for Cork, you know, and what we can add and bring extra to the whole setup. And I think everybody is going after, since that point um, of the year, the little 1%, you know, what is it that we can do to improve ourselves and that that then will improve improve the squad in general. So we're going into this All-In final with a really strong squad, but by God, we have a huge battle against us. Well, you do, but you've also got the entire county behind you, Cork Street FM, the big red bench as well. Laura, all the best on it. Thanks a million, Ger. Um in the build-up to all Ireland finals, Maeve Callan, there's a lot of excitement, a lot of intrigue, everybody, a lot of kids, and you can see it. Are you taken aback at the sheer number here tonight at a press night? Because I haven't seen this, these numbers before the Camogie night. Yeah, I'm definitely taken aback by, you know, people are after coming in their droves tonight. Um, it's great to see, though. Um, and I think it really stood to us as well. You know, I thought we um, had a great support up in Nolan Park the last day, and I definitely think coming down the home stretch, you know, it, it, it really definitely did drive us on. So hopefully, you know, we'll have the same, if not more, crowds travelling the next day, and it's great to see all the kids here tonight. You know, it's it's exciting. Yeah, like signing uh, Hurley's shorts, shoes, and somebody asked you to sign their Farah there, but you didn't do it? No, I said I might get in trouble for that one. Very astute. Um, does the fact you're playing a team that's beaten you early in the season help focus minds even more coming into it? I think, you know, we've probably played Waterford a number of times over the last few years and we've never we've never found it easy against them. Um, and they definitely brought a level in, of intensity and work rate that day in Parky Cueve that we probably hadn't seen before. Um, and they, they definitely have shown that, you know, they probably are, you know, improving every time they go out and, you know, they had a brilliant performance against Tipperary the last day so I definitely think if you know we're not switched on if we don't bring that level of intensity you know we, we you know we know what the outcome will be but hopefully we can you know go from the word go and hopefully it'll be a good game. Can you remember the feeling at the final whistle in the Galway match because I've never seen an outpouring of emotion across the pitch? Yeah I don't think I'll ever forget it I think it was just re- I think it was just a big win for this team because we obviously hadn't beat um you know, Galway in a competitive game over the last number of years. Um, and I think it was just sheer relief that we got over the line finally. But we, we still knew it was only a semi-final. We had kind of brought back down to earth the Tuesday night after um, after the game and just preparing now for for Waterford. But no, it was it was nice. And it was just nice as a group to finally, you know, get over the line against Galway. 
I've been asking Ferris how the panel is coping with the stress and you know the excitement coming. How are the management team doing? Because I'm about to interview Matthew. Is he is he coping alright? I think he's coping fine. Yeah, I think. You think? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm sure he's coping fine. Um, no, they've been great. Um, yeah, how, how important has Matthew Toomey been for you this year, especially and with everything and not playing football, playing football, but being part of the Cork Senior Camogie team? He's always back to. He's always said that he knows what, what talent you have. But how important has he been as as a manager? Oh, he's been so important to to each and every one of us. You know, he's he's just he's such a people person, and he's he's great at managing players. And that, I think that's so important, um, especially in girls' sports. You know, sometimes a, a person might need a hand around the shoulder, another person might take things differently. But Matthew knows each and every one of us, you know, so well at this stage, and it's so important. But I think we were just so delighted for him as well, you know, to get over the line because obviously after the disappointment last year and we've had him involved with so long. So collectively, you know, we were just so happy and happy for him as well. Um, of all the families involved in an All-Ireland final build-up, the scramble for All-Ireland tickets in your particular household, extended family and the clubs you're involved with, do you just you, you zone out of all of that or are you under pressure? No, I definitely leave that to the mother now. She can let him be worrying about that. Yeah, she... Um she does the, the organising and the allocating of tickets. But no, she's great because, you know, we never have to worry about that side of things then. So it's great, yeah. I've been asking each of the players about the bus journey to Crow Park and what they do and what they're like. Um, the majority say they stick the headphones in, listen to some, some listen to motivational quotes, some listen to music. Saoirse likes to talk, Saoirse McCarthy. What do you like to do? Um, I kind of like to chat for the majority of the, the train journey and then maybe hopping onto the bus you know going into Crow Park might stick the headphones in then but kind of try to stay relaxed as long as I can and then focus maybe you know an hour an hour and a half for the game just so that you're not you know too tired going into the game I suppose but everyone's different and everyone has their own kind of preparation so Certainly, are you one of those players that likes you know you get the touch in the warm up, especially in that match starts? That first touch is always vital, or that first shoulder, and there's going to be plenty of those. Once that's out of the way, are you into the game? Then is is it a big relief? Yeah, I think it's it's nice to get a bit of physicality in the warm up, just that you know you're ready for it. And I I think with the conditions last week, that was so important to get the hits in in the warm up because we knew that's what Galway would bring. So hopefully now the same the next day because I'm sure Waterford will be the same. Well, we, everybody in Corkshire FM, Big Red Bench, wishes you all the best and uh, best of luck in that Iron final and bring that cup home. Thanks a million, Jerry. Thank you. Okay, Thanks. Matthew, first of all, really successful night for you. Um, huge crowd, massive crowd of young boys and young girls. Everybody wanted to see the management and they wanted to see the players, want to get their autographs. It's all done and dusted. But I just want to ask you the question I've asked all the other players. It must be refreshing for you to see the volume of people who are clearly behind this team and want this team to do well. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. It's, it's, it is a massive boost. Um, you know, like we we we've done something the last few years, like but the, the, the crowd tonight has been unbelievable. Like it, it is, and and you know, it's great for the players to not get recognition that they deserve, but it's it's also great for the kids. Like you know, there's a lot of kids I saw that are familiar faces to me, and you know, for them to see their idols as well. You know, it's great. So it was just a lovely evening. I'm glad it's, it, we did it as we were kind of humming how we were doing that, but we, I'm glad we did it. But that's parked now. Like we've we, yeah. we have to focus on another thing now. Yeah, from the management point of view, it's great that it's over. I get yeah. that too because yeah. you need a clear run into what's going to be a huge, huge test, Matthew. We don't need to tell you that. Does the fact that Waterford Beachy make it a bit easier, and that there's no need to motivate these players? They know know what's coming because this is a damn good Waterford team. Absolutely, it it it, it totally does. Um, to know like they 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 beat us. Convincingly, like if you call a three point win convincingly, but it was a convincing win. You know, like they they blew us off the field. Um, no, I I, I don't have any fear about like you know if we get beaten by by Waterford, 
they beat us by fair and square because it's not going to be complacency. I, I know that from the players even talking to them. They're, um, they know there's a, a very tough game ahead of us and, and look, we're looking forward to the challenge. And you know, It's a unique pairing. I, I, I'd say it's going to be 31 counties against one. But look, we, we've been through tough tests the last kind of five games, I suppose. We've, we've been under pressure all the time, so this, this is another step to it. Um, the outpouring of emotion at the end of the Galway game I mean there was a huge outpouring of emotion beating the All-Ireland Champions in the way he did it and you're right this is the best possible preparation you could have asked for but mentally how big was it to get over Galway going into an All-Ireland final? Unbelievable um, they, they have a hold of us since 2017 before my, my time and everything like they had a hold over us like it's it's actually unreal to be honest with you but um, even the last five games that I've been involved with um, we've, we've been going ahead 15 minutes to go yeah. and we've lost the lead in every one of them and it's 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 hard to put your finger on even the, the first one of the, the All Ireland series we destroyed them in everything but putting the the scores which is the most important part of it. Um, so when we got over the line, um, it was it was huge. Like you you have to compliment the players massively. Like but also like you know we had a bench to bring on and then like we hadn't had for years and and you know when they came on they made a significant difference at the end just to finish out the game. You know, like I, I, I've said it so many times tonight. Like I think the whole concept of the, the GA, like you know, the subs were kind of there if you need them. But no, it's like the subs are critical to us. Like you know, they're finishers rather than subs, if you want to call them that. And we have a fierce um, panel at the moment. No, there's people fighting for places under 15, but there's also people fighting for the places to be in the top 20, like which is unheard of, and it's 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 very very refreshing. In all your years involved with Cork, Intercounty, Camogie, both intermediate, senior, and as a on the panel as a selector, and, is, and now as the manager, is this the strongest panel you've had? Um, in depth, yeah, definitely is. Um, it has to be. You know, like uh, we've just like I suppose we have subs that probably walk onto other teams into county, the first teams, like you know. So that's that. That's a great sign. Um, the preparations, obviously, now it's full on to take on get to Croke Park and take on Waterford in the All Ireland final. As you mentioned there, like every neutral is going to be rooting for them naturally. It's 1945. It's a huge moment for 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 Waterford Camogie, but it's been coming. I mean, they've been coming over the last few years. They're no flash in the pan. And something one of the players said to me tonight as well: as tough as it was for for Cork to get over Galway, they got over Tip, so they are coming in on form as well. Absolutely. Um, I I think you know when we got into the stadium, we heard it was one seventy three points in favour of Tip, and we're saying, oh, here we go. You know, and um, like like after obviously we're after analysing the game the hell out of it, like but like. They changed their system, like a credit to their management, like you know, they changed their system and everything, and they played into a great game. You know, to be fair, the crowd helped them an awful lot as well. Like I've, I've never seen a crowd like that supporting a team in the semi final, and look, it's credit to Waterford for that. Like, but no, look, they they they're they're coming in and farm. I think they've only been beaten once this year, and that was in, by Tipperary in the Championship. Um, so look, they're there. Like we we were very lucky to beat them last year in in, in the, the semi final, and you know we we weren't under no illusion what's ahead of us. If I, I know we're still a bit out from the All-Ireland final, but I'm asking you now, if you and your management team sat down tonight and everybody on your panel was available to you, do you in your head, and you're not going to tell me, I'm not going to ask, yeah. would you have the starting 15 in your mind already, or are you still waiting to see a few things? Waiting to see a few things, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there's a few kind of yeah things up for up for grabs. Um, I'd, I'd say the nucleus is there, but no. But That's a good thing, though. I mean, in a sense, because some uh, some of the players have commented, some of the experienced players I spoke to tonight commented, you know, there's other years you'd be going in, you'd know the Cork 15. You don't know the Cork 20, you know, as you said, coming into it. But that's... And I was even watching the last five, ten minutes of training tonight in that match. Some fair hits going in, and as Sarsha McCartan said, like, there's no better preparation for Kilkenny or Galway than training, because you have to earn your place. 
Absolutely, and they, they know that, and, and people have lost their place over it, you know, like they, and then they, they've gone down the pecking order because, like we say, people go into the comfort zone and we're just telling them, look, you're not under 20 because, you know, you're, you're not going full belt in training and whatever the case may be. Um, the, the intensity is, is unbelievable and, like, you know, we've been in house game now coming up and, and, and like, we, we expect it to, be, it to be ferocious, like, you know, and, and, and as you say, that's exactly the way you want this. Like, you know, the, we, we have to kind of balance... Puno is the strongest team we can to start the game, but also have something in reserve if if, if needed. The pain of losing in Crow Park, you know only too well, but I think the motivating factor, uh, getting over Kilkenny, getting over Galway, I don't think that'll be as big a factor going into the All-Ireland final this year. No? I think there's momentum and there's positivity and like the focus from each of the players I spoke to tonight clearly is they want their place. So they don't really, there would be no thoughts of what's gone before because it doesn't really matter coming into this one. You said it, like, yeah, um, like he's a different management there, there's a different coach, like he's, he's bringing a total different process, like, and, you know, we've a lot of new people in who are, like, unbelievable professionals, and, um, you know, like, we, we, we touched on it, but very likely, like, it's, it's not a factor in it, because, look, this is, like, we like we can say we beat Kilkenny and we beat Galway, so we should win the other, and that, that's, you know, point in the sky, as well as the, the effective last final, like, it won't make a difference, like, what we're, we're kind of dwelling into, is that um, we're used to going up there, you know? Like you're still going to get nervous, and if you're not, you shouldn't be involved in the game. Like we're going to be nervous and all, but we're, we there's nothing going to phase us up there. We we're, we used to you know the tunnel, the the, the parade, the whole lot. So that nothing's going to phase us that side of things. You know, it's just it's just for us to be up when the ball's running that we're up, and we hopefully have the right team out in the field. Just finally, I've noticed in the last few matches, uh, you, you're sitting you're sitting back uh, further up in, in the standing getting a better view of the game and letting the other lads uh, you're getting your message to the lads and they're doing a lot of the coaching on the sideline I've seen other managers down through the years Ify Fitzgerald did in his last few days with, with the Cork seniors uh, Potty did a bit of it as well I think he sat back is this a kind of a, a conscious thing that you wanted to do or is obviously making it easier for you to see the pitch or why? There's, there's a bit of everything um, like I suppose myself and Liam were on the sideline for a while and the two of us were standing next to each other and we've seen the same game and like you know like I, I, it was my call I, I decided to go up and, and stand um, just the way I get a better, a better view of everything um, I think you're more relaxed when you're up there as well you know you, 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 the focus now on the sideline on you and, and, and the noise and um, and like yeah we portray things to each other then on the radio like between the management like and to know like it's, it's since since we, did, we, we I went up there we were unbeaten so <laughs> I, I'd say the next thing to be doing now is put me under the, uh, on top of the stands whatever but look no it's it's I find it more relaxing up there I'm very calm you know I, I wouldn't be kind of a fan on the sideline anymore that goes hyper so sitting down and, and you know taking it in and trying to you know have my notes and I have an iPad with all the stats coming down to me so everything's it's just just that small bit easier Listen, on behalf of everybody at Corkshire FM Big Red Bench, you know we wish you all the best. We're hoping a huge turnout now on All Ireland Final. We're going to be promoting it right up until today. But Matthew Thumi, very best luck, man. Thanks, John. Thanks for all your support during the year. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 pm. The Cork LGFA seniors bowed out of this year's TG Car All Ireland LGFA Championship at the semi final stage, following defeat to Dublin at Semple Stadium last weekend. The Echoes' Rory Noonan spoke to Cork senior manager Shane Ronane immediately after. But first, here's winning manager Dublin's Mick Bone. To get there, to win, to beat Cork any day. I mean, when you look at our group and the numbers of dark days that were caused by Cork, we our old 2017 team up in the stand there. Asked them about what their football careers were like at the hands of Cork. So to win by a point of 10 points is irrelevant. It's just to get over the line. Yeah, I mean, you had like a great spread of great spread of scores. I mean, you were dominant pretty much throughout. 
were you expecting that? I mean, look, they're moving well. I mean, if you'd asked me last October, November, would we be competing at this level of the competition? I would have said no, not a chance. Too too many changes, too much experience lost in one go. With the, the strides they've made, the amount of work the older players have put in to try and educate the younger ones, and a lot of dark hours trying to do that for them. Um, it's a massive reward for them today. So, and obviously the fact that we got a foothold in the game made Cork come out to play, and that obviously made it easier for us. Did you see much of the Kerry game? Saw a bit, in and out between yeah. eating. What would worry about them? Kerry all year have been the best team in the country, without a doubt. You know, top forward in Louise. I don't think there's another scorer like her. The physicality, they are the most physical female team that I have seen, and fair play to them. That's the way the game is supposed to be played, uh, and they match it with football. So we got a bit of a lesson at times in Parnell Park. We were seven points down, tight pitch. We got bullied a bit. Be interesting seeing a big pitch in a couple of weeks. Just on the goals, obviously the first, the, the uh, Hannah's goal in the first half, you've almost got ruled out for a square ball. Jennifer's did. Do you think there was any, if you any concerns about overcooking? Yeah, I was told by the lads there the third goal should have stand or should have stood. I didn't see it. Uh, the first goal, it looked like it was across the square. It's across the square. It's not a square ball. No argument there. Uh, there certainly should be a situation, even in things like the 45s in the women's game. Once the ball is struck. It shouldn't be a square ball. Once the ball is struck, you should be entitled, like in the men's game. That rule, to try and get into the square, you know, not be in before the ball and score a palm goal or something like that. I mean, most times it's almost impossible. But that one, I thought, from what I, from where I was standing, I thought the player who passed the ball passed it across the square to a player coming into the square. Now, we were a bit frustrated ourselves. We thought they were messing around with it when it just should have been stuck in the net, but so be it. <laughs> and Jennifer's uh, performance in general was brilliant. Yeah, she's made, she's had a fantastic season. She's, uh, she's done a lot of hard work, you know, trying to bring herself to a different level and she's reaching those heights. Yeah, just one more for me on Sinead the Hearn. There was obviously people thought she was retired. Were you happy to let people think that? She had, is the honest answer to all that, and lots of coffees and meetings <laughs> Did you have to out. Convince and, her to come back? Sorry? Did you have to convince her to come back? For anyone that knows Sinead, Sinead's an all or nothing person, and she would have hugely been concerned about how this would deflect from other people, particularly obviously the likes of Carla as the captain and stopping her growth, all of those things that lots of other people wouldn't spend a whole heap of time thinking about. Sinead thinks very deeply about, and she was very much of the opinion it was someone else's time but we just felt uh, as a management team there was too much teaching learning to be done with so many new players we asked her to give us a hand and uh, nobody, nobody better in our group to communicate as to how to play the game than she Mick, I don't know whether you were asked but Abby Shields I mean, the scoreline is huge but Abby Shields made a massive contribution in there she seemed to. I, I, said, I, I, I've been told to say we're top door. Yeah. We're, we're probably seeing that all of the time from her. She is that type of, of, of goalkeeper. And, and she's a girl who has made incredible strides because obviously, been an understudy to Kira, it's, it's difficult because, you know, number one, and you, as a goalkeeper, you're always wondering will you ever see any game time. And it's taken her a little bit of time, but I thought I thought think she's turned into a top draw goalkeeper. Is that as clinical as you'd like me? <laughs> 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 uh, 
Or can you go to the knife fight and you arrive with a gun? That's clinical. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Parnell Park, what did you learn from that? We got bullied in Parnell Park. Um, I'm, not saying that, I'm not giving out about that. I'm saying, Kerry, you were just so physical. We, we were beaten in so many of the 50-50 battles. They bullied us off the ball. And Within the rule book bullied? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, they're, they're fantastic team. They're, they're, I would have said to you from the start of the year, Kerry are the best team in it. They are physical, they're able to play football, they're the top striker in the game. They're a fantastic outfit and they are ruthless when they go to compete for those 50-50 balls. And we lost the game by two points, but it was more than that. Is that just physicality where you feel you need to come up for in two weeks' time? or is it? Well, we'd hope with the wide open space at Crow Park that that might help us. Uh, certainly in the choice space of the Parnell Park, it didn't. It just, it just didn't happen for you this evening? No, uh, we didn't play very well, but I think Dublin were outstanding. You know, I thought look at the points at their best, best performance of the season, I suppose, it was. They were immense all over the field, and um, just we missed a lot of chances. Like We were less than 50% of our scoring chances taken, and you know, even the start second half there, we had a right good goal chance, could have you know, got us back in the game. Uh, but look, it just didn't happen for us tonight. Played, played, too many of them played poorly, I suppose, and look, that's not for the one to try and give an unbelievable effort. And I suppose they kept fighting to the bitter end, and I suppose we got a bit of, we got a bit opened up there near the end again, like as we were pushing forward. But look, look, we're very disappointed. Um, a lot of work on into it. You know, people out there looking in at it will be criticising this and criticising that. But the amount of effort that goes in there from all the guards and from everybody in the back room, you know, it's phenomenal all year. And they don't go out to do that. I think they showed great heart and kept going, kept going to the end. But look, that's Dublin, Dublin Road standing. Really outstanding, and uh, hats off to them. He picked up a couple of injuries there. Orla looked like she was in a bit of distress going off there in Limtop. I suppose it's very early to ask. They mightn't have been assessed properly yet, but do you know how they are? Uh, Darren looks like she's probably a dead leg, and Orla Callan has a cut in her head. Uh, look, hopefully she'll be okay for next week because you know she's, she's got the Mogi Ireland final next week, and you know I suppose look, the, the other three girls as well. Libby, Hannah and Aoife have to pick themselves up and look, they gave everything here today as they have all season and look, I, you know, hopefully, hopefully the Camogie can get the job done next, next Sunday you know, and, and bring some bit of silverware back to Cork. Yeah. I suppose Shane, from your point of view, this is your second year in. You have seen progress with this team in that time and really you can be proud of their effort this season for you all through. Yeah, look, they, were, they gave it their all this evening. Just things didn't go our way. We missed too many chances, Rory. I think um, we'd be very disappointed at that, like you know, as I said. Probably 30, 30 scoring chances we took, whatever, 13 or 14. Like, you know, you, like you can't miss that many at this level, and especially critical goal chances that we needed to keep us in the game. But Dublin, look, Dublin were outstanding. You know, it was the best Dublin, Dublin performance I've seen all year, and probably not the Dublin, Dublin we were analysing as well. Like, you know, and you're so like they, they absolutely maximised what they had tonight. Um, some of them were unbelievable altogether. And we didn't, and look, we said all week that we had to perform to be, to be with them. We didn't perform well enough, so you can't expect to win semi-finals when you don't perform. But look, hats off to Dublin, and look, hats off to my own players. They've been unbelievable since the start of September, you know, there, what is that, 11 months ago. Um, backroom staff as well, unbelievable work has gone into this. Um, and look, we just have to reassess and see where we're going and what we're going to do. And look, as I said... You know, I can't. I can't fault the girls for their for their effort. It was unbelievable. You, you mentioned the missed chances, but also I suppose you can also mention the, the Dublin keeper. She made a couple of outstanding saves there at critical times for them in the match that could have had you back in contention. Yeah, look, two unbelievable saves there. I think you know from from uh, Orla Callana, from Fitzy, and or was Dark Hoyle. I can't really remember, but yeah, two brilliant saves. Look, we we needed to get a goal. 
and, and you know if we got that goal who, who knows what happened we had them on the run there for a while but we just couldn't get the goal and we, look we took a few silly decisions and things like that so look that's what pressure does and I suppose that's what um, you know when you're not kind of chasing the game you kind of do some crazy things but look I can't fault the players on the positive side Lots of young players coming through for you, so the future is bright for Cork, despite the disappointment of today. Yeah, I suppose. Look, I think you know. Look at Roy as well. I suppose we have to look at the injuries we suffered as well. Like you know, two crucial ligaments and uh, Sarah Lee, he um, would have broken column on. Like they're they're big players. They all probably would have probably been starting today. Like you know, or coming on. So, like I suppose we've got we've got to. I suppose look back at all that as well and but there is lots of young players coming through look there I suppose it was tough going for them out there today there was a lot of heavy hits went on um, you know but look they'll, they'll grow and they'll develop from this and hopefully they'll, they'll pick themselves up and you know go again next year Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM Resident Red FM Formula 1 expert Sarah McKenzie Foley joins me on the Big Red Bench to discuss all the latest on and off track Formula 1 headlines around the 2023 season. You can find more of Sarah McKenzie Foley's expert Formula 1 analysis on her active social media accounts on YouTube, Sarah McKenzie F1, Instagram, MacGram underscore, and on Twitter, MacTweets underscore. Now, delighted to be joined by resident Corkshed FM Formula 1 expert Sarah McKenzie Foley on the line to discuss what was a very interesting uh, behind eventual winner. We all know who that was. Belgian Grand Prix this past weekend. Uh, lots of talking points coming out of Spa, Frank So uh, let's let's talk to Sarah. Sarah, you're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench. Thanks, Ter. Happy to be here. Yes, and I heard you on the radio as well this past weekend. Uh, I, like yourself, was watching uh, one of my favourite Grand Prix, just visually to look at. But um, there's a couple of big talking points out of the weekend before we talk about the Grand Prix itself and the result. So, uh, you wanted to talk about the sprint format. Um, and apart from, you know, what was a pretty obvious uh, procession, let's be honest about it, in the actual Grand Prix itself, the sprint format uh, was, a, was a nice contrast the day before. Yeah, I think it's, it's a tough one because Spa is, as you said, such an iconic track and yet you wouldn't necessarily think of testing the sprint format there because obviously it tends to have a lot of rain delays, etc. And the sprint does add, you know, different levels of complication to a race weekend that you don't normally get. But I think if we hadn't had it, you know, despite the rain delays, I think it would have been certainly a less entertaining weekend overall. I think the shootout and then the sprint itself were were some of the more interesting points. I think, you know, the, the very wet start to the sprint shootout in particular and then the track drying as steadily as it did and the time falling accordingly, I think that, that just works really well from an entertainment value and it's also really challenging for the teams and the drivers. So, you know, that's kind of what we want to see. And the other piece of that that was interesting to me was that race control purposely did not declare an officially wet track because that would have allowed the teams to use whatever tyres they wanted, whereas the FIA is is trying to get them to stick to a new format of using particular tyres for each part of the qualifying session. So I think the the complexity of the sprint actually worked in Spa's favour. I think if we had just had three long free free practice sessions, I think it could have been quite boring. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And also, you, you, you mentioned the, the rain delays and all the weather, obviously, that comes with Belgium. It's it's usually, and it was interesting in the race itself, a lot of questions uh, in the pit crews were, were about tyre choice and what to go with and when to go with it. But the rain delays in the actual sprint format uh, certainly um, added to the intrigue and uh, and ended up with Verstappen um, losing out on some, well, it didn't really matter at the end of the day, but he did lose out on some, uh, on some podium, uh, or sorry, uh, grid positions. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I think a you know huge final flying lap for Oscar Piastri in particular in the sprint qualifying three. He put himself, you know, not only on the front row for the, the sprint race, but he was only 11 milliseconds behind Max Verstappen. And unfortunately, as, as we know, Piastri went on to, to have to retire in the race itself, which was really disappointing. But I think he is very much proving himself to be a very capable young driver. And I think most importantly, you know, not easily rattled or afraid of things. I really think he, he's going out there with a kind of sense of fearlessness that, you see from really talented drivers who go on to achieve great things. So I think it was really good to see him see him do that and uh, and keep going with the performance obviously that McLaren has found lately after their upgrades have come in. Which makes that first corner at the start, Sarah, all the more frustrating. I'm just like you. I was watching Piastri. I could see, you know, I was dying to see what was Perez going to do, you know, in pole position under pressure with Red, you know, in the Red Bull. But Piastri making contact, it just ruined what would have been a very interesting afternoon other than that. So I suppose, is that really the most frustrating thing from McLaren's point of view, that they had those upgrades as you spoke about? They were looking at a little bit more quicker and Piastri seemed to have that injection of confidence that comes with a new driver you know when they're new on the block that they realize that they have control of the car now they're they're comfortable with it and just that first corner collision just ruined what would have been a very very interesting weekend for him and certainly for McLaren yeah agreed I think McLaren potentially were in for a fairly strong point haul there because even though Lando Norris in the other McLaren who who did finish the race struggled towards the kind of first half, once it started to rain, the McLaren really came alive and he managed to bring himself right from the back of the, the standings right up to finish in P7. So if you think about that improvement over the course of the race, I think looking at what Piastri could have achieved, I don't know if there could have been a podium, but I think he could have been very close. And it is, you know, it's disappointing. I think Carlos Sainz kind of, obviously the other car that lost out massively there, in that turn one incident, he kind of alluded to maybe it was a bit of an experience. And, you know, maybe he's right, but I, I think no matter what, some some very promising and very exciting signals from Oscar Piastri for sure going forward. Yes, and I think it's a good point you make as well about the Ferrari and the collision, considering that Leclerc, Charles Leclerc ended up finishing third. Um, and I know we're kind of going to jump back and talk about Red Bull because we have to talk about them, but like, you, you were also speaking about the fact there was a small reprieve for the teams after a tough time in, in recent weeks and I think Ferrari play into that headline because Leclerc taking a podium finish considering you know Ferrari have been playing second fiddle I think to to, to Alpine definitely they're on their they're on their heels and certainly McLaren in recent weeks and Fernando Alonso that's a big big boost for Leclerc and even bigger boost for Ferrari Absolutely I think you know obviously disappointing for science but Leclerc drove a pretty solid race. You know, there was no major issues during the race as far as strategy or anything like that. We've seen a lot of, you know, driver-driven, I hate to say it, but that's the the right way to describe it, uh, strategy calls from Ferrari in the last couple of races, which is sort of, it feels a bit off, you know. I mean, the driver should absolutely have a say in what happens, but at the end of the day, it's the pit wall that should be making the right calls. So I think definitely a nice consistent weekend for Ferrari which is is really what they've been struggling for it's not just performance throughout the season it's just consistency and I think a little bit unfortunate for them that we are going into this couple of weeks break now but hopefully they can still carry that momentum and that consistency in post-summer break because I think you know we've said this many times before and I think the majority of F1 fans no matter who they're supporting would agree that 
in general, F1 is, is a better spectacle when Ferrari are able to compete. So hopefully they'll be able to do that in the latter half of the season. No, oh, I can tell you as a as a as a prancing horse fan that that is very <laughs> very true, Sarah. And uh, any chink of light at all that we can see with that Ferrari, considering it's such a difficult uh, course in terms of downforce and in terms of car setup, I think that's a real boost for Ferrari. I think Leclerc coming in third shows that there's there is pace in that car between here and the end of the season, and you know a couple of more podiums, and all of a sudden things aren't looking as bad. You mentioned I mentioned Alpine as well, Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly once again. Um, I think consistency, is that the term you'd use to describe those two? Yeah, I think obviously they'd have two, they'd had two double DNS in the last two races and during the week, a lot of their leadership team got the boot, which, you know, that goes into a lot of very difficult territory and at the end of the day, it's the drivers who are there on track trying to sort of bring some positivity and some energy back and I think Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly both looked very good, very quick and competitive during the race. I think, you know, Akron in particular pulled off some some great overtakes and had some great racing during the Grand Prix. He finished in the points and Pierre Gasly was just outside it in P11. But I think, as I said, they both looked very competitive and considering what they've been through lately, I think that's going to be a, you know, a big kind of, a big relief and just a positive boost for the whole team because, you know, change is harder than any organisation. And I think when, it's an organization where the stakes are constantly so high. It's got to be a really difficult environment to, to kind of stay confident and stay positive. So hopefully the drivers will have been able to give that to the team with their performances. Yeah, definitely. I think they have, and I think they do look consistent. Um, paces, obviously, they don't have the parts of the teams above them or, or maybe even don't necessarily have the budget to compete even with new parts between here and the end of the season but certainly if they can keep that car on the track between now and the end of the season you now you could have retirements you don't know what's going to happen I think Alpine are well primed to take possibly a podium there but ahead of them you've got Mercedes I mean we've, we've talked a lot about Mercedes over, over the last few weeks fourth and seventh isn't bad and sixth sorry isn't bad considering um, you know a lot of changes and, and update, upgrades on that car Fernando Alonso coming in fifth he looked good at, at the start of the race and came back into it Lando was being Lando finishing seventh I would imagine he's disappointed with but I just wanted to mention before we move on to the to talk about the winners finally um, the usual Red Bull slot I wanted to mention um, Alfa Tauri because Daniel Ricciardo we spoke at length about him last week back in the Alfa Tauri he finished 16th and he was never really on the pace all weekend in my opinion but Yuki mm. Sonoda hello Yuki mm. Sonoda where the hell did 10 plays come from did somebody just kind of remind him oh yeah it's all we're all talking about Daniel Ricciardo but what about me brilliant drive to finish in the top 10 Absolutely, yeah, I agree, and a great point to bring up. I think Yuki, unfortunately, ever since he was a rookie, has sort of been overlooked. I, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure why that is. I think he's actually been more consistent and improved more than people give him credit for in a car that, unfortunately, has actually been decreasing in performance since he joined the team. So I think definitely massive P10 for him, and as you said, in that sort of undertone that personal battle that is evidently you know must be going on between those two drivers Ricardo and Sonoda I think that is a big win for him particularly because Daniel Ricardo when he did come back for his first Grand Prix last week last week I think you know he looked great and, and he had a great performance so definitely I think Sonoda as you said telling people look don't write me off just yet and I think he probably feels that he should be in the conversation for that second seat at Red Bull, whatever happens to Perez. So obviously he's going to have to prove that if he wants to be considered. 
Yeah, I think that's fair, but it was just brilliant to see him doing so well, keeping his cool as well. He was under quite a lot of pressure from some of the more established drivers. He didn't do anything stupid, which sometimes he has, and as you said in the past, he can do that a little bit. Rookie errors, but no, top 10, well done to him. Finally, obviously, the winner of the race over the weekend was never really in doubt, but as usual, Max had to put a different headline, different spin on it with some of his antics and some of his comments to his uh, race engineer. But what about Perez, um, Sarah? Because he, he had pole position, he finished second, um, but the one thing for me is right at that point where Verstappen came up behind him in the gearbox, I was kind of going, go on, weave a bit there, make him work for it. It was never going to happen. But um, what's your take on, on Red Bull this past weekend? I mean, they're out in front now. They're not going to be stopped. But this past weekend, what did you think? Yeah, I think, like I said, I think Piastri was very, very close on Saturday I think unfortunately that was the most sort of under pressure we saw them I think there was nothing else that was really going to to worry them that much you know you mentioned Perez obviously starting from pole and Max did have that five place grid penalty for an extra gearbox but it just wasn't enough you know I think Sergio Perez would have needed a a lot more cards in between him and, and Verstappen to make any kind of impact on the race and you know, you mentioned he obviously didn't put up a fight, you know, when, when Max passed him. I, I don't really think he had a choice. I think that that time is sort of gone now. And he ended up finishing an entire 22 seconds behind Verstappen. And it's just, you have to start wondering, you know, is he underperforming in that car? You can understand Red Bull looking around and thinking, right, who else could we put in this that's hungrier or that isn't going to question as much their place in the team or, you know, all these things that they just sort of don't want to be dealing with with Sergio Perez. And it was just unfortunate really to to see him not be able to make more of an impact and have more of a stamp on the race. He said in the post-race interviews, he's going to not be off the podium for the remainder of the season. I personally think think that's a, a very wishful thinking kind of claim, to be honest. Yes, as do I, but I think he's just trying to, I think maybe he's one eye in next season perhaps, uh, and looking ahead to that, but as it stands, uh, there's only one man in that Red Bull and one man in that Red Bull for years to come, I think. If they hold on to Adrian Newey and they keep upgrading the car, doesn't matter who his partner is going to be, and uh, maybe, just maybe, Checo will be better off with a different team where he could reignite his career again, I don't know, but look, playing second fiddle to Max isn't the worst job in the world either, I suppose, but uh, just as long as you understand you are second to Max as long as you're there, but we'll see how long Checo can take, put up with that. Um, um, the Belgian Grand Prix finished uh, 1-2, as we said, for Red Bull. Max Verstappen coming home in one twi- on hour and 22 minutes, taking the 25 points. Sergio Perez second, having been on pole. Charles Leclerc, uh, morale-boosting podium finish for Ferrari in third. Lewis Hamilton coming in in fourth for Mercedes. And Fernando Alonso for the Aston Martin was fifth. And what all that means is, in terms of the Drivers' Championship, well, who cares at the top? 314 points out in the distance. Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez in second. Fernando Alonso holding off Lewis Hamilton for third place by a single point now and Charles Leclerc entering the conversation as well in fifth and in the constructor in the constructors excuse me uh, pretty obviously again that that's already won Red Bull way out in front 503 points Mercedes still in second place Aston Martin Ferrari and McLaren finishing out the top five there now we are on a summer break because the next Grand Prix will be the 27th of August when the Dutch Grand Prix takes place at the circuit Zandvoort I have a feeling though Sarah we will be talking in between that there's always a good few headlines going around so we will be hearing from you but what have you got coming up on your own social media channels over the coming weeks 
Yeah, absolutely. So this period is often known as silly season uh, in the F1 world. So we start to hear a lot about what teams are going to be doing with their driver lineups for next year. So hopefully some interesting headlines come out of that in the next couple of weeks, as you said. And in the meantime, if folks want to find out more about the LP leadership changes, I've got a new video up on my channel on YouTube all about that. So you can search Sarah McKenzie F1 and you'll find it there. Excellent. We will definitely be checking that one out. So the next couple of weeks, I really look forward. I love a good gossip, Sarah, as you know, when it comes to Formula One. So we will have some <laughs> some chats uh, before we get back down to racing again. But for now, Sarah McKenzie Foley, uh, Red FM's Formula One resident expert. Thank you for joining us on The Big Red Bench. Thanks, sir. That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Remember to subscribe to The Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And you can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune into the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and guests between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.